Hey y'all, and welcome back to season two of Old Iron Talk. I'm your host, Callie Gurdon, and I'm really excited for this first episode of season two as we talk with the ladies of STEAM. But first, we have some kind of sad news. Miranda is going to be leaving us. She's on to bigger and better things. You know, Hollywood called her, so she's just going to make it big. Not really, but maybe one day. Hey, maybe one day. <laughs> but one are... way ticket to Hollywood. Exactly. We are very excited for Miranda's next adventure, and we hope that she'll come back and join us on another episode sometime, maybe, and talk about trackers. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I've learned so much being here, so I feel like it would be right to come back for an episode after I've learned even more and uh, maybe show you pictures of my tractor I purchased. Yeah, because you'll get there one day. You never know. You never know. You finally learned to drive one, so the next step is buying one. Yep, yep. But, well, it's been fun. I will miss it, and we'll miss uh, miss hearing all you guys' stories. So, Well, you can still listen. I can, yes. So <laughs> I'll just get a front row seat yes. instead of the back row. Exactly. So. We do appreciate everything she's done for us. But first, of course, we have to have one last tractor joke from Callie and Miranda. So what do you have, Miranda? All right. I think this is going to be the best one we've done so far. Yeah. So we're going to end it on a high note. Okay. What do you get when you play country music backwards? I don't know, Miranda. What do you get? Well, you get your job back, you get your wife back, and you get your tractor back. There you go. (laughs) That might be a winner. You know, I'm pretty sure there's a song about that. I've heard the song recently. It's pretty catchy. It's pretty catchy. (laughs) Okay. But like I said today, we're talking with Ladies of Steam, and I'm really excited to share their story. They have done amazing things with the group and organization they have started. So let's get to chatting with Nicole and Jen. Okay. So as we said in the intro, we're here at the Ladies of Steam. So we have Jen and Nicole, and we're going to kind of start off here and get a little background from them. Where did you guys grow up? How did you get interested in Steam? Kind of let us know what became that led you to Ladies of Steam. Yes. Um, so I'll start. Um, so my background is I actually grew up on a dairy farm in uh, rural Minnesota. So my background, um, my roots go deep with agriculture, being sixth generation on our family dairy farm. And um, so it was something that my grandparents brought me to Rolog when I was 11 months old and I attended every year. And it was just something that like I couldn't get enough of. Um, So when I got older, I started becoming involved myself because, you know, growing up on a dairy farm, there's not really extra time (laughs) or anything like that. You're pretty dedicated to the farm. So um, I would say my early teenage years, I had a family take me under their wing and showed me uh, a lot about steam engines, in fact, in miniature land, uh, the Hill family. And then I just had a lot of several mentors uh, throughout that growing up, and that continued to fuel my passion for agriculture, where um, I actually ended up getting a degree in agricultural engineering to where I'm at today. So, um, and as far as ladies of steam, I'll let Jen go talk a little bit about herself, and then we can discuss how ladies of steam got about. Perfect. Yeah, quite a different story here. So I've not been a lifer in the STEAM world by any means. Uh, My family started attending shows around, I I would think maybe 2002. Um, We were told for the big experience in Minnesota that we should go to the Western Minnesota STEAM Threshers reunion, which you heard Nicole refer to as ROLOG. We'll probably refer to it as ROLOG throughout kind of as as we communicate about that. But so we did that the following year. Uh, my dad and brother then attended STEAM school the year after at Rolog, and then my mom and I followed that 
And then we got our STEAM licenses in 2005. So as a whole family, then we got our, we all got our STEAM licenses. And we learned STEAM through primarily operating a 28 horsepower Minneapolis STEAM traction engine that was owned by Dr. Jerry Parker. Um, and then a few years later, we purchased that engine to become our, our own family engine. And then aside from that, very, very different um, in my professional life, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist. That is awesome. And it, I love too how both of you have completely opposite backgrounds. One of you was kind of in agriculture growing up around it and the other one wasn't. So it's awesome that this has brought you both together too. That's great. Okay. So you said that you guys bought that steam engine as a family, which is awesome. Now, Nicole, do you guys own any steam engines? Um, so it's just myself. And as far as um, I actually am in the restoration process of a 16 horsepower Minneapolis, uh, it was one that was purchased several years ago, and it was one of those that needed a new boiler. So uh, luckily with my um, engineering background, I was able to uh, redesign a boiler for it. And so that is still in progress, uh, quite the undertaking with um, restoring a, an engine that's over 100 years old. I can imagine. Yes, that is <laughs> awesome that you're doing that. Okay, so let's kind of talk about now, how did you both meet and how did you lead to Ladies of Steam? So there's a there's kind of a funny story, I think, of how we met. Not, Nicole, do you remember that story? Your, your, mom, your mom shared it with me years, years later, and I had no idea this had even happened. But I'll let you start with that story of how we met, even though I don't have that memory. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... When Jen and I officially first met, uh, it was one of those things, like I said, being a minority in this hobby, you know, I was told like growing up, like, oh, this should be like your brother's hobby. This should be, you know, it, being it was just so male dominated. Well, mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of glad because with my rebellious spirit, that even fueled me more. <laughs> and so my mom was on a search because our family not being involved, she was like on a search for me to find some other women about my age. And um, the Dean family, as Jen talked about earlier, you know, they had the 28 Minneapolis out at Rolag. And so mom kind of flagged them down and was like, hey, this is my daughter. <laughs> you should meet her. <laughs> and then um, Rolag's just a large show. And so uh, Jen and I didn't end up getting connected until uh, later on as far as uh, relationship. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So kind of, kind of funny. It was like, hey, you guys should get to know each other. You're going to be friends. And we're like, I don't know who you are. And years, <laughs> years later, we kind of circle, you know, full circle, come yeah. back and um, start this, start this platform that we're super proud of. Um, but creating Ladies of Steam really started with a discussion that N Nicole and I were having a girls night. We were hanging out and just talking about our enjoyment of the hobby and the hobby and noticing that, you know, our home show at Rolog actually has a really significant female presence with steam. So other shows might have, you know, few to maybe even none for, for, you know, lady representation or women mm -hmm. that you see running on steam. And so we really just thought to create a pretty simple platform, like a Facebook page where, you know, women who enjoy this hobby can have a common space, share pictures, share stories, get connected, um, meet up at other shows. Within a week, it went international. Um, it, and Nicole, I think you have a really cool statistic that we were talking about recently on, on who's participating in, in the page that we have. Yeah. 
Um, so as far as our page, um, I'll back up just a little bit. Um, like what Jen was saying, we had like a girls night one night and it was just like, we realized that, you know, it was like, it was so much more enjoyable, like when we went to shows together. And so it was like, how can we create, um, how can we network with other women? And we thought like, cause we traveled through shows throughout the Midwest and it was like, well, if we create this Facebook page, maybe we can network and connect with other women, see when they're going to this show or that show, we can plan accordingly. And like in a week it went uh, international. And it was like, what what monster did we just create? Um, and so it just went gangbusters, but it really came from the desire of just enjoying attending a show with Jen. And it was like, hey, let's make this table bigger. And uh, we never imagined that it would get as large as it is uh, with now over 12,000 uh, followers just on our Facebook. Um, I think we're over 2,000 on Instagram right now. And it was really interesting too, um, the statistic that Jen have brought up was like our age range from like 25 to 45 is about 60% of our audience. So we really have a um, an audience engaged um, to keeping this hobby hobby alive for generations. Mm-hmm. That's great too, that you guys were able to do that. Okay. Now, how long has it been around? When did you start the group? We, we started it in 2015, 2015. Okay. Yeah. And in a week it went international. That's amazing. Okay. So can you kind of share with us kind of the connection you've made have you guys traveled out of the states with the group do you have people from out of like the country that have traveled here what kind of connections have you made with it yeah so that's um i guess one of one of the favorite things about this um group that we created is just the relationships and networking that's expanded so a few years ago jen and i were invited to the great dorset steam fair which at that time was the world's largest steam show when they were having their uh, 50th. And so we had the opportunity to meet many other women um, in the UK as well as throughout Europe and globally. And some of those relationships uh, we've been staying in connection with. Um, in fact, actually one of one of the ladies, Zara, she had came to the US uh, just uh, this last fall. And so we had went to, we did a little uh, steam tour when she was here. And that relationship is just continuing. We stay in contact on a regular basis. So the friendships have really fostered uh, with with this organization. Well, that's great too. Yeah. The more, it seems like with like any organization, any group in this kind of hobby, the connections you make last you a lifetime and the knowledge that you instill in each other. I think that's one of the things that's so important about groups like you have created and groups for like the pre-30, the muscle era, all the different eras. It's what you're instilling future generations as well. So that's awesome that you guys have done this. Okay. Do you guys have a mission or mission statement for ladies of steam? And if so, what is it? So essentially how, how I view it really is we, you know, this is to keep history alive through encouragement, connection, and really tactile experiences. And we, you know, if we want, we can talk about our, what we do for an event for the tactile experience, but there's so many different places where you can walk around and look at things, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily get your hands on, get your hands dirty, um, pull the throttle, see what it's like, check the, check the water levels and learn some of those pieces of just a real basic introduction to steam. And so 
I really like and encourage anyone who's running STEAM to take those questions and answer it and go out. And if you see kids walking by, ask them if they have any questions or if they want to see the inside of the firebox. So being being that person to start the conversations to mm-hmm. really keep it moving, keep people interested or or get people interested who are just like looking at it from a distance and ask them if they want to hop up on the platform on the back and, and take a look at it from the engineer's view um, right around for you know, you might be able to walk faster, but if you want to take a quick ride, uh, you know, hop on and, and enjoy it and make it a, a real experience. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I think it's amazing too, that you guys will take the step to make the first connection, because I know like when I was little and growing up, I told you guys, like my family owns a steam engine. I always thought it was intimidating because you are, you're an engineer of that machine. And I've always thought steam was more intimidating than anything else. So I think it's great that you're willing to make that first step because I feel like people that do not grow up around it, people that have no idea about it, they're not going to like be the ones that go over there and they're like, well, maybe I'll ask them about the firebox or, oh, maybe I'll ask them about how the pressure changes and how that works. So I think that's awesome that you guys take the time to set up at shows and do that and make those connections. So that's great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. At our, at our home show, one of my favorite days is Sunday with our engine and it's people are tired. The show's been going on since Sunday, family's camping, the kids are, the kids are tired. You're walking everywhere. So we always take a Sunday afternoon run with our engine down to the campground and just give kids rides. That's awesome. This, we meet them on the corner. We go up, you know, a hundred feet, drop mm-hmm. them off, get the next group of kids or adults and parents and just go around and around the campgrounds, just giving people rides, bringing, bringing some of it to them when, when we're tired and, you know, taking a break and and doing that. We've had people now waiting for, not necessarily waiting, but they've, they've been a a repeat person sitting on that corner waiting for our engine to come down for years (laughs) Uh, and and just fostering, getting that, getting that steam bug to everybody. That is awesome. And kids definitely love it. I know watching them at shows, they love getting in the coal box. They love getting dirty in the coal. I know that, yes, they love getting rides on those steam engines. So that's awesome. Okay. How many events and shows do you guys as a group attend each year? Uh, It it varies from year to year. And it's hard to say like events because there's so many different types of events from Mm -hmm. the steam shows to uh, maybe a gathering somebody is having throughout the winter to break up the winter months to um, flea markets where, you know, like with these tractors being um, as old as they are, it's not like you can go to the parts store and, and buy a part. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's with interactions that take place throughout the year from um, from a market to maybe going over to somebody's house and having a work weekend and working on a restoration part of the project. And um, it's not just, it's not just Jen and I, you know, it, the ladies of steam is if you're a lady and you aren't involved with steam, you're a lady of steam. So really it's hard to put a number on how many shows that, that we end up going to specifically. Um, but one that we, we try to do a couple of year um, is our ladies of steam events. So that's where we give the women and the children the opportunity, like we were discussing, you know, they're pretty intimidated. So we try to, you know, set up that opportunity where uh, we really focus on uh, the women and children. Men are welcome as well, but we put the women and children first with our teachings. They can often stand in the background. And um, I think, let's see, a show a couple years ago at the Republic show in Missouri, um, I had a line of kids. (laughs) 
you know, just uh, ready to, to get up on that engine. And um, my arms were sore by the end of the weekend, <laughs> uh, propping them up there, letting them toot the whistle and, and pull the throttle. But it, you know, it's just, uh, as far as the youth, yeah, it's, it, it's fun to see them getting involved. Yeah. With, with the events that we do, you know, we're looking to kind of branch out, how do we make this bigger? How do we make this uh, more available at, at different shows? What we dub it as women teaching women. So at our home show at Rolog, we have a, ver- a variety of women engineers on a, a large scale of, of different sizes, different kinds of engines, scale engines, full-size engines, and then have a, a basic rundown of, you know, boiler 101 and get people up. You know, they might, they might be able to pull the throttle, check the water, walk around, ask any questions on, you know, seven or eight different kinds of steam engines by the end of our our hour. And then it's just, it's really fun. The first time somebody has ever stepped up on a platform, turned the engine over and just the sheer joy of making this monster move. Um, it's, it's an incredible time. I bet. Yes. I can only imagine. Okay, so you guys shared what you guys own individually. Out of the years that you've been doing this, have you ever had a favorite manufacturer of steam engines? Yes, uh, it's funny that you asked that question because um, uh, Jen and I are both a little biased on uh, the Minneapolis <laughs> engine. Um, and that partly maybe we're biased because um, they were manufactured uh, in Hopkins, Minnesota, which is by the Twin Cities area in, in Minnesota. So uh, a lot of um, people have some strong history that we've been able to um, really hear the stories of that manufacturing, as well as I, I think it's a great quality engine. I love how the where the levers are located, the big open double firebox door, you know, with it being a side mounted engine, there's a little bit more room on the back of the engine. And so, um, you know, it's just personal preference. There's so many different manufacturers, not saying anyone is better over the other. They're all fun. They all have their neat quirks and everything like that. But uh, we both uh, have been growing up with, with Minneapolis engines. That's fair. Okay. Will one of you walk us through how do you start a steam engine? Yes. Um, and, you know, it varies from, you know, engine to engine. Um, obviously, going off of one that is already ultrasounded, inspected, everything like that, we want to make sure, you know, safety is number one. And, you know, so after like all the hand holes are put in, uh, we know this is a safe operating uh, working engine, uh, we'll end up filling it up with water. Um, you know, making sure all valves and plugs are put in their place as well. And once it's, uh, there's about a couple inches over the crown sheet, uh, a fire may be started. And, you know, kind of like creating a campfire, you got this big firebox door. So you uh, grab some wood, um, some smaller pieces to make sure, you know, just get getting that fire going. And so that's often what we'll end up doing in the morning. So we'll start the fire. And then um, as, as that water boils, uh, it goes up to, to steam pressure. And then, you know, from there, we want to actually warm up the engine. And so we'll open up the steam dome, you know, again, making sure all other uh, valves and, and everything are in their place. We want to make sure the pet cocks are open as well. That's a drain on the cylinder, making sure there's no water condensating in there. So when we do start like warming up the engine, we um, 
want to make sure all that water is draining. And um, so we'll, we'll warm up the engine nice and slow before we actually um, decide to move the engine. Okay, so now when you guys do like this at events and shows, do you demonstrate this? And then do you let people like individually walk through that and do it themselves? Or how do you teach these things when you do it? That's a, that's a great question. When we um, start an engine, um, this is actually a several hour process. So it's one of those things that, you know, if they come to an event, if they're interested to learn more, we'll let them, um, let them know like, Hey, we're going to be fine. You're up in the morning. You're welcome to join if if you'd like. Um, but it's not something that we've announced, but that's a great, great question. Maybe something we should consider. Yeah. I didn't know. Cause yes, you're right. I know at any show, anyone that has a steam engine, they go, they make the fire in the morning, they start that, then they walk away, do something else for a little bit, come back. And it is, it's a very slow process to get them going. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you guys like walked people through that, like you said, like if you have them come back the next morning and let them help you out if they would want to, or how you do that at shows. So that's good to know. So thank and you for sharing that. We have uh, steam schools as well. So I guess okay. more like uh, the in-depth of how to operate an engine beyond uh, the levers and, and firing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have steam schools Okay, and there's several throughout, throughout the country. Okay. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. So you kind of touched on how you get the younger generation involved. So that's great too. Is there any challenges that you see getting the younger generation involved? Or do you feel like you see a lot of people eager that are younger and willing to learn about this kind of stuff? I see a lot of people who are incredibly eager, willing to learn, and maybe they're not eager one year and they're shy one year or they don't have interest in it. Right. And then they come back the next year and you ask them again. So multiple touch points, just because they say no once doesn't mean that you can't say, Hey, do you want to come back up here? I saw you earlier. Uh, maybe you're, you're eating lunch and you said, no, um, you want to hop up now or so, you know, being able to offer it a few times. It might be too intimidating the first time, but that doesn't mean it's the last time that we offer anything. Yes. No, that's and, great. And with, with you too, it's like, I don't, I like to see them not as the future generation of steam, but rather the current because they, they really are our current and really it's about meeting them at their level. Um, a really fun story um, in miniature land where I was started, there was a little boy, he was probably about 10 years old and you could just see in his eyes, there was just this interest, this hunger to, to learn more. So I literally let him throw in like a chunk of coal or a piece of wood. And then I could see there was more interest. So um, anyways, that ended up resulting into now, I mean, he, this kid, I, I shouldn't call him a kid anymore because he, he's a young adult, but he's running one of the biggest steam engines at Rollout right now, uh, the Rumley. And it was, it started literally from a piece of coal. That's literally how this started. And when Sarah actually came here to the UK, um, they were plowing with the Rumley. And so he pulled us around as we were on the Mulworth plow. And, you know, just talk about that reaping and sowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all started from a piece of coal. That's awesome. And that also shows, too, the impact that you definitely have on people. So that's great that you guys have those kind of stories that you can share them. And that's also an awesome, like, unique trait that you have to not give up with people when you see that he has that interest. Even though he may be a little timid, it's awesome that you guys are there to kind of coach them through this. So I love that. That's great. 
Okay. What is the biggest thing you've learned in general so far from being a part of Ladies of Steam? I think a part of it is just patience has been a, a huge learning factor just in general life and within ladies of steam of you know doing most things in haste doesn't get you better results so practicing patience practicing that um and then also just discipline of having a routine and having an idea I, those, those are the two main things for me um for myself uh some important lessons that i've learned um you know it's it's relationship first business second and then the other thing that I've learned is um, just the balance. You know, it's something because it's something that fuels me so much, the hobby, uh, I've gotten burnt out from it before. And so learning to have a healthy balance with, with my hobby in my life. No, I think those are, yeah, both great things. And like you guys said, you can apply those to ladies esteem and you can apply those to life in general. So that's awesome. Okay. What is a common myth about your field? So about STEAM, what's one of the biggest myths? A common myth I would say would be, um, you know, as getting back to that intimidation factor, it's like, um, you know, this engine is so big, so massive, there's no way I can can run something like that. And that's one of the things that we enjoy um, being able to break that, especially when we have like a women teaching women events or, you know, getting a kid up on the engine and like you see somebody else running it and people often say, well, if they can run it. So it's really just that encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, and so breaking, breaking that myth of that's too big for me or that's too intimidating. I think that that also goes into maybe it's not a myth, but but you know, backing off of that approachability, mm -hmm. being able to, to be approached at, at your engine or around your engine and not brush it off or be too busy to answer questions is, is something that can be felt at, at some shows, you, you know, you walk by and nobody looks at you or, you know, you have questions or you want to, you want a closer, closer peek of it. And, being able to see that and recognize it and, and bring it in and, and make it an approachable, you know, part of your day, mm -hmm. no keeping thoughts. it safe, but making it approachable. Yes. I like that. That's awesome. Okay. So what do you think talking about intimidation and everything, what do you think is one of the most intimidating things of a steam engine when people see them? Do you think it's just because they don't have the knowledge or background, or do you think there's something in particular that makes people so intimidated by these machines? I'm not really sure if there's a one thing specific. I think that would be fairly personal for everybody. But one of the where my brain goes with this is probably one of the same things that that draws us in also intimidates us. And these are big. These are loud. There's all of the moving parts. You know, there's no key. There's no computer. And, and so you see everything moving. And that's both alluring and intimidating at the same time of, you know, these are big big beasts and they move mm -hmm. fast in, you know, like the gearing and, and, and stuff like that. They might not move fast, you know, as you're going down at wide open throttle, but um, at least the American ones. So I think there's, there's a combination of, of potentially both of those, but that's just 
you know, I, I think that's a really personal, you know, understanding of maybe why it would be intimidating or not to, to any given person. Okay. Do you guys, for ladies of steam in general, do you have values? And if so, do you feel like your group is being true to those values? Um, I would say as far as values go, it's just integrity, you know, just summing it up, just having integrity, doing the right thing behind closed door, being true to yourself, regardless. And for ladies of steam, so I absolutely love this question. Values is a huge passion topic of mine. Um, you can probably guess that also with my my career that I that I'm currently <laughs> in. But I love this question, and I think values are they're so important and they're a driving factor in really how we choose to engage with our lives. So it influences our attitude, our emotions, our behaviors, which then can clue us into if we're living a value-based life, like, right. Are we on, are we on target with it? Are we engaging in those aspects that's most important to us? And for ladies of steam, you know, integrity, we also have values that derive from community and kindness and education, connection, fun service. So I think there's a, a plethora of values that ultimately, if, if you looked at how maybe each one is defined, they're probably synonyms of each other. So if you're acting in line with one, you're probably engaging in a lot of them. But I, I absolutely think we're true to these things. It's it's a roadmap of who we are and what we really strive towards. It's also, you know, values in general, it's something that we're never able to check off our list. So we can look at our goals and we can look at our fantastic foundation and create things that are actionable but our values are definitely the driving force of, of all of it. I'd say you can definitely see that too, from just how you guys present yourself. And you can definitely tell you guys have the passion and you definitely want to instill that in other people. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys have started this and it's a great thing that you guys have going. That's for sure. Okay. So what's upcoming this year for ladies of steam? So upcoming, we will have our uh, women teaching women's steam event. Uh, we have that at four o'clock um, at our home show every year. That is on Saturday afternoon by the Big Blue Water Tank. We have our Women Teaching Women event. Um, as far as other events, it's again, you know, if there if there's a lady present and um, you know, there there's that ladies esteem presence everywhere. Yeah, I, I think upcoming for other, you know, other shows as well, that would be our ask for people listening, you know, females listening to this is if you're running an engine and you see people who have questions, reach out, ask, get, get somebody up on your platform, show them around, give them the basics, um, have them steer through a parade for you as a, you know, as a visitor, that, that would be awesome. So really challenging those out there to really take action and create engagement. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so where can people find you? Like on social media, what do you have? Where can they look you up? Uh, you you can find us on you can find us on Instagram uh, at you know looking up ladies esteem. You could probably Google it. I think at this point now that we're eight years in, and, and ladies esteem might be the first thing that pops up now with a bunch of different articles or pictures or um, links to our our social media from that direction as well. Awesome. Do you guys have a YouTube page? We we do not. Okay. Not at this moment. Okay. Yeah, not at this time. Um, and as far as you, where we can find us, um, if we have a specific event, 
uh, that'll be listed on our Facebook page under our events. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, I thank you guys for coming on here today. I really enjoyed talking with you. It was great learning about your hobby, what you guys do, how you got involved, and we'd love to have you on again sometime if you'd want. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a yeah. pleasure being able to share. Thank you for giving us this opportunity and reaching out. Uh, we love we love um, keeping this history alive and the relationships and connections, and we, we appreciate you giving us some time today. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. You can find all the source material for our episodes on our website, oldirongarage.com. We encourage everyone to join us on Old Iron Garage and connect with other collectors. Again, we would like to thank the ladies of STEAM, Jen and Nicole, for joining us today. The organization they have started to help preserve the history behind steam engines is inspiring, and we encourage everyone to go check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Ladies of Steam. Don't forget to submit your collection photos to info at oldirongarage.com to be featured at the end of our episodes. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions or would like to join us on a future episode of Old Iron Talk. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.